Did you learn that you can take the boy out of America, <laughs> but you can't take the Evo out of Evo? <laughs> That's about it. That might be. That might be what it was. Oh, oh, oh. This one time. So, this one time. This one time? <laughs> this, you know what? This one time. This one time. Oh, my God. This one time. The podcast. Oh, I love that you use coasters. Coasters that you stole. It's all part of the experience of living abroad, which is coming to an end. We don't have a question this week, but we have something even better. Right. We should tell the people who we are. That's a great idea, honey. I'm Sheila D. And I am Evo Terra. We are Shivo. You are listening to this one time, the podcast, the final episode of season four of our crazy travel life is here. This is the 30th episode of season four. four. We've done this four times. There have been years. four other episode 30s, which three others, three other. Right. Math is hard. There was <laughs> there were three others that we had a final episode of. Actually, one went to 33. Really? Yeah. And then we did some mini bonus ones. Uh, one we did a whole bunch two. of mini bonuses. So I think we have around 150 plus wow. episodes of the Shivo Studios on tour, or whatever we were calling it, that encompassed our lives abroad. And each season was very different. Each season was quite different. <laughs> Every single episode of those seasons is available up on the website at shivo.wtf slash podcast. We are also not done. Season five will continue, but we have to first end season four. That is true. Which is where we are today, my love. So we had the great idea. Actually, we did not. You had the amazing idea of, as our recap, yes. to talk about not just where we were, because, listen, you've heard us do that. <laughs> you've heard us tell you where we have been. Those of you who've been listening since day one, Mike have Hamilton. followed along with us. <laughs> Kelly, all the others that have been out there, thank you guys very much for your listening. Uh, we're not going to force you to sit and listen to us rehash the same stories. What we decided to do from Sheila's infinite wisdom is to talk about all of the countries we have traveled to since this began and then share with you a lesson that each of us learned yes. at that location or in that particular country that we will now carry with us back to America which will influence how season five is going to go. So that's what you're in for today. It is the idea of advice and life lessons, except we are the recipients of said lessons now. <laughs> life has given these things to us, and it's what we have learned. We can be taught. Well, we'll find out. <laughs> so yes. that's what you guys are in for for this particular program. Thank you very much. Would you like to begin, my love? Sure. Well, we started our adventure in France. And what I found very quickly, because we were in a small town of, I don't know, 800 people. Count well, cattle. population of 800. Right. With cattle. Yes. <laughs> they certainly were not 800 people when we were in this no. little bitty tiny town of La Ocole, which is terrible French, I understand, in the middle of January in 2015. What did you learn? I learned that my high school French did not help me one little bit. <laughs> Right? 
Did my high school French help you? No. Your <laughs> your high school French did nothing for me. And uh, Lucy LeBlanc, my French-Canadian friend, her French-Canadian French <laughs> didn't help me at all. Let me tell you what I learned, okay, honey. Okay, what you learned? I learned in that little town of France that no one cares. I mean, that honestly, and it's, this is not a thing about France. This is... The fact that that thing which you and I are doing, this crazy idea of selling everything that we own and going to travel the world and being Americans in this little tiny town that probably hasn't seen a lot of American travelers just come through it, they don't care. No. Genuinely do not care <laughs> what it is that we are doing. Everybody has their lives to live and they live them. Right. They are not all that interested in some random person happening to show up and will be here for the next three weeks. Genuinely not curious okay. yeah. about the world is how most people go on. Life lessons from France. Then we moved on to Denmark. Yes. And what I found there is that uh, the people learn English from very young age and... They have absolutely no accent. So you can't tell somebody who's from Copenhagen from the United States or, well, pretty much the United States because everywhere else kind of has an accent. Well, Canada doesn't really. They just say, ah. I'm just going to let you go for a while. So the, the lesson you learned was what again? That, that the folks in uh, Denmark and Copenhagen don't have, they don't have an accent. Hmm. All right. I, I detected an accent, but I will go to the, where I think you were going with this was that the Danes learn English at an early age yes. and their English is impeccable. In fact, way better than most Americans' right. English. Correcting my own English as I was interacting with the Danes. They were, they were great. Uh, yeah. The, their TV, their movies, everything's in English. So they're, they're kind of, it's forced upon them. They're, they definitely have their own language. Yes. Danish is there, but uh, it's a population that by and large speaks a, a pretty good amount of English. Not a pretty good, an amazing amount of English is presented there. So that was a nice welcome change. Here's what I learned in Denmark. And it's that someone actually does care. <laughs> okay. And it wasn't anybody in Denmark that I'm talking about. Okay. But during my publication of all of the stuff that we did, this podcast, uh -huh. the social media stuff that says, look at us, look at us, look at us. There were people listening and caring that we didn't even know about because that was when Cedar reached out to us and said, I love your journey and I want you comes to stay with me. Oh yeah, he and did. And other people during that time started reaching out and I recognized there are people that care. <laughs> they just don't live in France. <laughs> What's next? What's next was Sweden. And we, it's so interesting. I found that Europe, everything's so close and it's so easy right? to get places. True. So I, I don't know. I think of it similar to like the East Coast of, of the U.S. Well, what was, how did you recognize that because of our trip to Sweden? Because we took a train. Yeah. Less than 30 minutes away right. was Sweden. Right. And so it was just a, a hop over and it was a lovely city. We walked around and had a great day, had a, an amazing lunch, not where we had planned to go. Mm -hmm. 
and and I can't remember what we ate there, but it's I something do. that we started making, I do. and it was really good. I just can't remember it because we I haven't do. made it in forever because we have no oven. That's true. Okay, that is what true. is it? Uh, that was the cabbage. That's it. Yes. Yes, we the had, baked we cabbage. We baked cabbage, which, which sounds like an, uh, a very unappetizing thing, but was actually quite amazing. I'm we looking that. forward to being able to bake. So let me finish your Sweden thought. The reason, because <laughs> I think you might have missed the main point, um, the reason that everything is so small is not only was it right there, because right. That's, it, it's a border. You know, right. The, the other country is always just on the other side of the border. Right. But it was the fact that we went there and we turned around and we're back home in three hours. That is true. It was a super quick trip to get from yeah. Copenhagen, Denmark to Malmo, Sweden. And we spent our, our three hours there. And that was that a, we did. a quick and easy trip. And you learned about the fact that, my God, baked cabbage can be good. I learned that the people of Sweden don't only eat meatballs. (laughs) I can see that. I can see that. So thanks, Swedes. That was my lesson. All right. So we left all of that, the Sweden, Denmark, and France behind. And we were, um, our next stop was Germany. We were whisked away to Germany. Yes, we were. What did you learn for our our brief amount of time we spent in... We did an overnight in Germany, yeah. barely. We did like hours. And we got a hotel in Germany and were out the next day. So we didn't get a chance to spend a huge amount of time in, journey, but no. in Germany. But what did you learn in Germany, my love? I learned that Germany is pretty much a cash-based economy. Yes. No credit cards were taken, e- yeah. even in the uh, train stations. Right. So it made it really difficult, and we didn't eat. Right, um, we couldn't because we, we had no money. Right, we didn't have any of their 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 money. We didn't have any euros. Yeah, we had because in in Copenhagen they use kroner. Right, and so we had we probably had a handful of kroner left on us, right. but in in. Copenhagen and Denmark, and in Sweden, everyone takes a credit card. Right. So we just assumed that, welcome everywhere. to Europe. We right. can use our credit card everywhere. We get to the train station in Germany, and it's like, you yeah, know. So that night, we had, we'd been on the train since midday. Yep. We had a lunch probably at 11 in the morning. All right. And then um, we didn't get into Cologne until like 1 in the morning. We super were late. super late. Yes. No dinner, and... In our hotel, we had a mini a mini bag of um, gummies, gummy bears. Right, I remember <laughs> this now. So I think there were three in each of those. That <laughs> <laughs> was our meal, and that is what we ate. Mm, so the great German cuisines you have, yeah, <laughs> Haribo gummy bears, Haribo gummy bears. That's what we had there. The thing I learned about our trip to Germany is that Germany is known for its precision engineering, BMW. <laughs> vehicles are made there german yes. engineering it's it's been their slogan for forever that does not extend to the train lines no because, that's why we were late yeah it was kind of weird when we got on the wrong train not actually that's the wrong way to say it our train got on the wrong track right <laughs> which is insane so we backed up after being on the train for like, what, 30 minutes, we stopped and backed up. Yeah, so, it was crazy. So it's good on you, BMW, for grabbing all of the precision engineers. Uh, could you give some of them back to the train company? <laughs> I, think, I think they could use them. All right. After Germany, what did you learn in our next location? Well, that's where we met up with Cedar. Where was and, our next location? Oh, Brussels. Brussels. Yes. And 
I... I'm sorry, did, you, did was this where you learned that Brussels is the name of a city and not a country? <laughs> because Belgium is the name of the country, right? <laughs> yes, okay. yes, yes, right, yes, yep. sorry. Um, don't make fun of me. Uh, never, honey. Never anyway, would I do that. Please continue. Anyway, we met up with Cedar, and Cedar introduced me to something horrible. Okay. Macaroons. Macaroons. I love them. Those are pretty tasty little things. Had you ever had them before? No. I had neither. Why had you never had them before? I don't know. I know why. They do not look appetizing. They look like little Play-Doh miniature yeah, hamburgers. <laughs> and I don't want a miniature hamburger. That's called a slider, but it's not the size of my thumb. And I certainly don't want one made out of Play-Doh, which is what they look like. So do they look appetizing? No. But are they delicious? Oh, oh my. I think when we go back home, I'm going to learn to make them. You should do that. Here's what I learned in Belgium. Yes. Uh, I am not invincible. <laughs> because I was pretty much down with something terrible most of the time we were there. That is true. I went out on my own a lot. Uh, and then I also learned that palm frites are way better than French fries. <laughs> you make some good palm frites, Belgium. And then we moved on to England. To the UK we to were. To the UK. And we took the... Train. The train underneath the water. Through the tunnel. Yep. It not, was, not, it didn't, it didn't go through the water. It went under, under the water. Under the water. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> train through the water. That's a big splash all the way across the English Channel. We surfed our way on a train. We did that on my birthday. Come on. Stay on anyway, topic. UK, train under into the London what area. What I found is that takeaway fish and chips are amazing. Everything that you've experienced in England, in the UK, comes down to about fish and chips. Well, that makes sense. It is kind of the national, I the national dish. I love them. Yep, yep. Takeaway at a chippery is, is pretty good stuff. Uh, here's what I learned while we were in the yes. UK. We spent six weeks in the UK. We were in London. We were in Sheffield. We were in a little town uh, in, in the Cheshire area called Nutsford. Uh, I learned that I will never be a musician again. <laughs> That's true. That you will never be one at all. And the value of traveling with less stuff. All the same lesson being learned. because That that's is true. That where, is where we both went, okay, we're done. It's where we ditched the guitars that someone stupidly thought would be a great thing for us to carry with us on it's this journey. It's also where I downsized my first suitcase. Less is more yes. was learned, not necessarily because of being in the UK, yep. but because of being in the other places. Yep. That's where we learned that we don't need all this stuff. No. We can no. get rid of it. All right, so six weeks in the UK. Then we jumped down to Spain for about six yes. weeks. Yes. I learned two things about paella. I learned that you can have too much. Oh, yes. <laughs> and I learned that squid ink paella is the best. It is really tasty. Yes. It is black and it looks weird, but squid ink and paella is pretty tasty. But I will say I haven't had it since we left. Well, because we had it for like six months straight it seemed like it seemed for the like, yeah. three days we were in Tierra de Libre. Oh, it was so good but too much. Now, that similar trip is where I learned uh, an important lesson and that is uh, Alka-Seltzer is all aspirin and oh. you almost <laughs> die when you take Alka-Seltzer. Yeah, aspirin. I can't do that. So there's my takeaway from Spain. <laughs> Those are the I things I probably could have learned. I think you could have learned that anywhere. Uh, you know, that, like most lessons in life, you could <laughs> learn them. It's where you choose to learn. All right. After Spain, we went to Italy. Yes. What did you learn in Italy? I learned that even experienced travelers can get on the wrong train. What? What? I don't remember getting... Oh, yes, I do. 
Yeah, <laughs> trying to get up to the damned World Expo thing. Right. Wrong there, train. There are different train lines. Yeah. And wow. so, and they don't communicate or share any information. This was our seventh country, yes. right? One, two, three, eight. four, five, six, eight. seven. Eighth country that we yes. have been to in the EU taking trains on in almost all of them. Right. All of those places we had been to, with the exception, not even in Sweden, train. Did we try Belgium train? UK, yes, we took a train everywhere right. and we still couldn't figure it out. Yeah. And and I think we got frustrated with the little guy behind the counter and he oh, yeah. finally just gave us back our money. Oh, yeah. yeah we, 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 were, we played that, that angry American card. Here's what I learned in Italy. I learned that five months in the EU is plenty, <laughs> but also not nearly enough time. Right. I've learned that five months of continual travel is plenty. Yeah. But I definitely want to go back and experience more of it. Yeah. Maybe not for five months at a time, though. Well, I, I think that's kind of a given at I this point. I think it'll be somewhere else. <laughs> somewhere else. All right. So after Italy, we then, that's how we got to Thailand. But we're going to wait on Thailand, right? right? Because we, yep. we spent the most time here. So we'll wrap the show with the Thailand talk. Yep. Um, while our first time in Thailand, we had to go to a border run. Yep. And that got us over across the river. It was, well, it was uh, more than a river. It's, it's a big river. Okay. Yeah, that's where the river comes down that separates the two countries and oh, across yeah, the river. Yeah, yeah. And it, was an, okay. it was eight kilometers. Right. So it was a big, big, right. big river. Um, so that was Burma. And Did you learn it's really called Myanmar? It is called Myanmar, too. Um, but I learned that if you go to that little border town, you have to have a handler. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we had this guy shuttling us around to various spots and made sure that we had lunch and that we were back for the the boat in time. I don't know why. I, I don't know if we look shifty, but no, that's, others, that wasn't other folks there had handlers too. So obviously they were shifty too. What, <laughs> I think what you learned uh, out of all of that, what you learned was that not every country is as open, open to foreign right. visitors yeah. as others. And Myanmar is one of those. Very much so. There are very specific areas that you can and can't go to right. as, as a foreigner. So while we were in Myanmar, I learned why border towns are shitholes. <sighs> But also that the word shithole is a relative term (laughs) because border towns, I mean, think about every border town you have been to where there is a difference between affluency, right? Or is it effluency? No, effluent Mm -hmm. is shit that comes out. Back on that again. Difference between affluency between one country and another. The border towns are always terrible. If you're in America listening and you've been to any border town with Mexico, they're terrible places. And the reason they're terrible places is that when you get across the border, that which seemed so terrible before that you lived in is a lot nicer <laughs> because the one across the border is also terrible, but worse, so terrible. That's so true. before you judge a border town too harshly, go across to the lesser affluent country and look, and it'll suddenly look like a shining city of gold. Yes. And then we moved on to Hong Kong. After several months of being here, and the next yes. point of call was Hong Kong. What did you learn in Hong Kong, my love? I learned that in the entire world, the best fish and chips ever are from a New Zealander that's in Hong Kong. Hooked. Amazing. I will. Absolutely amazing. And I'm thinking we need to hit going to Hong Kong before we go back home. Because I, I need some. Grab some more fish and chips. Yes. I understand. So... You, you now have had two fish and chips based life lessons. I want you to understand that. <laughs> I might be a little obsessed. Yeah. I, I learned from Hong Kong that Hong Kong is not China. You're right. And it is certainly not. We'll talk about China a little bit later. We yep. talk about Hong Kong differently. But 
my lesson was what a truly cosmopolitan and international city Hong Kong is. What it really means to be international city. Hong Kong has its own identity. Yes, it's tied strongly with China, but when you get there, you will understand how it is its own thing. And it is about as international as as you might imagine it possibly could be, more so than you can imagine. You just simply have to go because it's that it's that different. From Hong Kong, our next location, uh, well, actually we went back to Thailand for a bit, but forget the route. Vietnam was Vietnam. another country that we experienced for the first time ever. Which we both absolutely loved Yes, Vietnam. we did. What'd you learn? I learned that the people are super friendly. Mm. Like, I think you and I have, you know... Uh, memories of you know Vietnam War and not being in it. Um, we but certainly were there. We were the generation of kids that came after the Vietnam right. War, right? And or so during. we had a, a certain idea in our head, and yes. and I was just blown away with how beautiful and friendly the people are. And my life lesson kind of dovetails along with that. I realized that we have been sold a bill of goods on this whole communism thing. Or at least we were sold a bill of goods when you and I were in school learning about the evils of communism. Maybe they were true. I don't know. But I can tell you, going to Vietnam, if that's communism... It looks a lot like capitalism. Right. It's not, it's, it's nothing to do with what you think. <laughs> I don't know what was supposed to happen with the communism, but they seem to have turned it around uh, in Vietnam. So Australia was our next spot. Yes. Goodbye, Southeast Asia. And we are off to Australia. What did you learn for the two months we spent in Aussie? I learned a couple things there. I, it is absolutely beautiful. Very different depending on where you go in the, in the different areas, but absolutely stunning. It's wildly expensive. Yes. And my biggest takeaway is that I'm not sure we speak the same language as the Queenslanders. Yeah, Queensland has its own special weird, especially <laughs> the more bogan they get. Uh, yeah, that's, a, that's definitely a rough language. Here's what I learned. Um, First world problems are not evenly distributed. No. Because the first world problem that we ran into in Australia that we were not prepared for was the lack of internet availability. Right. And the the throttling of bandwidth. Seriously, what, are you people living on an island? Yes, actually, (laughs) they do. And that's the whole problem. So as great and wonderful as most aspects were, it's not perfect. It it, it seriously hampered what we were doing. It did. Trying to get things out. So and next up would be Malaysia, I believe. Malaysia, yeah. Right. So Kuala what, Lumpur. Yes, we spent some time in KL. What did you learn while we were in Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia? I was super impressed. It's probably the one place that I was super. Um, I wasn't. I didn't know what to expect, mm-hmm. but it's so clean. And the one thing, I will avoid that airport at all costs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. KLIA is arguably the worst airport we've. I hate it. We've been to. Hate it. Yeah, not because it's run down, not because it's terrible, but because it it is the probably the worst functioning airport. Yeah, it just yeah. is weird. It, it you have to go through security multiple times, even if you're just connecting. Already in. Yeah. Um, the lines at immigration to get in A are horrible. Joke. Not even not, lines. Come on. Uh, I mean, you're more like spaghetti noodles. That's the odd one because it's a thumbprint and like. It should, should be, be super fast and easy. Um, and there's two separate terminals. There's one that's really super nice and clean. And then there's an old one that I, I, I'm I pretty sure it's from the 1960s. 
and uh, the vendors down there. Hopefully, you have funds to pay because they In don't Malaysia take money. Yeah, because, they yeah. Ring, ring, ring it, ring it, ring it. They don't take credit cards there. Um, it was just. Yeah. Weird, weird spot for being such a big hotspot. What I learned in Malaysia uh, is how to catch Pokemon. <laughs> that was when I was temporarily a professional Pokemon trainer for one of yes. our trips there. We spent a lot of time catching Pokemon when it had just come out right. in the country. And my goodness, were they Pokemon crazy oh, yeah. people around there. I got some really cool ones there. All right. So from <laughs> Malaysia, uh, the next, next list of countries we've been to for our last year or so here, uh, we had an opportunity to go to China proper in yes. Chengdu, China. What did you learn, my love, in Chengdu, I, China? I learned that it wasn't what I expected. Um, I I expected more of that communism, that rigid uh, dictator type attitude there. Okay. And that's not what I got at all. I got more of an Austin feel from, mm. you know, Austin, Texas. It's more quaint and um, quirky and just kind of a really cool spot. Like if I had to pick a spot to live in China, it would either be there or Hong Kong. And since we already said Hong Kong is not China, right. it would be Chengdu. Oh, of course, you're basing it on the one city you visited in China right. proper. Right. Sure. But it would be a nice enough place to actually We're going to change that. I learned that that thing about communism I mentioned with the Vietnamese, yeah, well, here's the news. It's coming for you, and you <laughs> might want to keep an eyeball out. Not it's Again, not the Red Scare right. you were sold into, but... It seems to be working pretty, pretty well. So uh, pay attention. Okay, after that, uh, from several trips, we managed to go to the Philippines. We right. spent some good amount of time in the Philippines. Yeah, what, three weeks, I think. Something like that. Yeah, we spent time on the mainland where, we, well, there's no mainland. Philippines is a series of islands, right. right? We spent some time in Manila. We spent some time in some other little islands. So what did you learn in the Philippines? Mara? I learned that there is actually somewhere worse uh, with traffic problems than Bangkok. <laughs> yes. You're talking about... Manila. Manila itself. Yeah. yeah, that's a terrible city when it comes oh. to moving people around. Not good. I couldn't live there. I could live on the islands, on the on the little islands, but I couldn't live in Manila. No, too much craziness. I learned two things in the Philippines. Yes. Uh, number one, Spain ruins everything. <laughs> I mean, seriously, nice. name me... One, one more evidence of a former Spanish colony that is barely functioning today. Uh, but more important than that, though, pollution control really can work. Yeah. When we were on the island, I think it was, was it Palawan? Was that the island yes. where they have banned, like littering is like yes. a, a, the kind of offense to where the first time it's it's a $100 fine, the second time it's like go to jail. Right. right? There's a, almost a zero tolerance policy when it comes to that. That place is clean. There's not plastic bags. There's not trash floating. There's nothing on the side of the yeah. road. Pollution control works with just extremely aggressive measures. And you know, a president that's not afraid to kill people. It probably has something <laughs> well, to do with that. it. Well, there is that. Right. All right. So staying in Southeast Asia. Yes. Cambodia. Cambodia. I, um, this goes back to the people. Um, the people are resilient, friendly, kind. Um, I, I'm super impressed with them as a people. They're hardworking and just amazing. And I can't wait to go back next month. Here's what I learned for our time in, in Cambodia. I've, I've been twice. Will be our third time uh, in a week or so. Um, and that is that in stark contrast to China, which mm -hmm. has figured things out over the last four to 8,000 years right. and continued to march forward with relatively straight line of where they're headed to. Uh -huh. Yeah, um, 
Cambodia is a reminder that we have a very, very short memory as a species. Yeah, we do. We really do. We do some terrible things, and we don't even know exactly what we're doing sometimes, and it takes a lot of time to recover. So yeah. while we're, there are some great things happening, there are some... Uh, some ideas that will seem to be moving and moving humanity in the, in the right direction. There are a lot of idiots and right. a lot of, I don't want to call them evil because I don't think that's the case. I think it's misguided and you get too caught up in your crap. And Cambodia is a nonstop reminder of, of that to me. Definitely, definitely. Um, and then we went to Indonesia. We have been to Indonesia. And again, we spent three weeks there. <laughs> Yeah, well, again, there, 16,000 islands in Indonesia, right. and stupid like that. Right? We only went to three. Right. Well, I guess four um, because of Lombok. Mm, okay. Um, so I, I found it interesting the so many religions that are there that each island kind of identifies with one specific mm-hmm. uh, religion, but they're very tolerant um, of other religions. We have almost the same lesson. The way I would phrase that is that it... Indonesia has shown me that it is possible for multiple religions to not only coexist, right. but also have one of those religions be in power. Right. Kind of like political parties. Yeah. You know, for there, I'm assuming there are parties, but to me, I felt it was like a multi-party system where they get to take turns, and yeah. that's that's what's going to happen. But, but it seems to work. Yeah. You know, it, it seems to work. But at the same time, I, I think that we're doomed. I think that 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 will not I can't continue. Um, I, I it, it seems to work in Indonesia. It's, right. it's not problematic, but I think as a species, especially just religious stuff, continues we're doomed. But I don't want to sit there and talk about <laughs> talk about that. I know, and not everybody that listens agrees with me. Just saying, that's what I think about it. All right. So, um, oh, Estonia. Yeah, we should talk about Estonia, and then we'll come back to Thailand. Okay. What did you learn for our lovely trip to Estonia, my love? I learned that there's so much history, um, but that they embrace, but they also bring in new. Does oh, that make right. sense? Oh, right. Sure, I think yeah. I understand that. Right. Yeah, yeah, they understand their history, but they also recognize that history's not going to get them where right. they need to go, so let's exactly. adopt the new, and it's about as new of a place as you're going to find. Yeah, yeah. and I loved Estonia. I loved Tallinn. It's just gorgeous. As did I. Much like when I just told you Indonesia told me that we are doomed, mm-hmm. Estonia says there's hope for us as a species after all. <laughs> Definitely nice. nice and progressive way of, of looking uh, at things. Now, before we leave, honey, yes. I, I have one bonus country. I can talk about Finland. Oh, yeah. You, you can't. I can't. You were only in the airport in Finland, which doesn't yes. count. We don't talk right. about Russia. We don't right. talk about uh, Japan. We don't no, talk about don't. the other places we've been in China. But I was in Finland. And for my bonus episode here, we're not episode, for my bonus lesson before we get to talking about Thailand, uh, I learned that uh, that's where the elves are. (laughs) The elves? The elven are in Finland. That hair. That (laughs) beyond blonde into blue. The the perfect specimens of humanity, male and female. It's it's so creepily perfect. It's It's, unnatural. Oh, my God. It looks unnatural. I feel like a troll, pretty much. (laughs) I feel like a troll, and they're the elves. That's the way it goes. All right, Thailand, honey. This is a long episode, guys, but this is our last bit. We're going to talk about Thailand and then tell you some other things at the end. We have spent the longest time here. What single lesson, you can do multiple, but ideally, (laughs) what is the most important lesson you have learned from your time in Thailand? I have learned that they put sugar in everything (laughs) and that you really don't need to. 
<laughs> well, certainly. Yes, but, they do like to put oh, sugar actually, in the foods. Actually, let me revise that. All right. They do put sugar in everything for main dishes, but not in desserts. They put sugar in everything they don't need to and don't put enough sugar in the things that they do need yes. to. And on that, if there's ever a shorten, shortage of uh, sweetened condensed milk, uh-huh. it's because of Thailand. Two and a half years. This is what she learned, people, that there's <laughs> too much sugar. Here's what I learned about Thailand. Okay. I have learned, it didn't take me long to learn this lesson, but I've learned it every single day, that this is Thailand. <laughs> and I can't fix Thailand. And I don't want to live in Thailand anymore. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> hence the good reason that we are leaving. Right. It seemed to work out pretty well as my tolerance level was approaching zero. Uh, we had to opportunity to go to go back home and start our new lives as as grandparents, which we are about Excited. to do. Hence, bringing the show to a close. Yes. So, in all of our lessons, I see a theme in mine. Oh, I see food. a theme of food. It's fish and chips <laughs> themed, and people. And what did you see in mine? Um, yours. Um, I'm cynical and me. <laughs> Yeah. Did you learn that you can take the boy out of America, <laughs> but you can't take the Evo out of Evo? That's about it. That might be. That might be what it was. Well, there you go, guys. All the lessons that we have learned during our two and a half years since we left America in January of 2015, and we'll be returning to America in the near future. Yes. We will have to be there by July 2018. Yes. So realistically, it will have been about... Three and a half years. Yeah. About three and a half years we will have been away. This is everything we learned from all of the countries we have been to. We still have a couple of countries left to visit before we depart or before we plant ourselves back in in the States. So who knows what the new lessons will be. And most importantly, this is not the end of the show, is it, my love? No. Season five. You can't get rid of us. Season five will continue. We don't know what it's going to be. Nope. We don't know when it's going to be. Right. But I want you guys to stay subscribed to the program. They should be sitting on the edge of their seats just waiting. Because whatever that new thing is, you'll just get it in your feed automatically. Whether you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, whether you still use iTunes on your computer, whether you use Overcast, whether you're in Spotify these days, we're in all those places. The feed is not going away. All the old shows, all the old episodes will stay. So you just stay subscribed while we figure out what season five is going to look like, and we will tell you all about it soon. Our show this one time would not be possible without support from people like you. If you think our show is worthy, go ahead and give us your financial support. Patreon makes it super easy. And even if the show is not called this one time again, which it probably won't be, <laughs> again, we're not this we're not stopping. We're just stopping this particular season. So please go to shivo.wtf/postcards and get signed up on that list. We're modifying things. For now, we're still sending out postcards because, as I said earlier, we've got multiple countries to hit before we go back to America. So we will continue the tradition of sending postcards to our supporters. Thank you for uh, all you've done. I've seen a lot of the pictures shared on Facebook of the of the calendars that we yes. sent out for our, for our listeners. So we do special things like this for our patrons. So if you would like to help us keep the podcast going in its future version, Thank you for that. Go to shivo.wtf postcards, 
which redirects you to our Patreon page, so you can get on the list and help us keep the party going, whatever the heck it may look like. Our music is by Valea Valea. Thanks for listening, listener. I am Evo Terra. And I'm Sheila D. Stay tuned, peeps. There'll be more fun stuff. Thanks for your attention. Thanks for listening to this super long episode of the show. We normally don't go this long. Season 5 is coming. If you have ideas, let us know. Reach out to us. Go to shivo.wtf slash podcast. be contact information there. We'll see you guys in a, in a few weeks-ish. Something yes, like that. Something. Maybe. Yeah. Call it good. Bye, guys. Bye.